Hello everybody, it's Neil Josephson and Cheryl Josephson here too from Family Life Canada. And we really want to thank you for tuning into the Family Life Canada podcast. Mm -hmm. Our mission and our prayer is to bring practical help and the hope of Jesus to every marriage and every family in Canada. That's a big vision. We know that. Our sponsor, Compassion Canada, is also passionate about families. Neil and I sponsor Compassion Kids because we we know Compassion is bringing practical help, food, clothing, education, along with the hope of the gospel, showing the love of Jesus to children around the world, especially important in these uh, critical pandemic days. And we know that everything they do for children strengthens the whole family. So uh, we're delighted that there are sponsors and our partners in this. Hey, we want to introduce you to our guests today. We're really, really happy that Ron and Ann Maines can join us. Uh, you probably know Ron and Ann. They've hosted 100 Huntley Street. Maybe you've seen them more recently on A Better Us TV. If you don't know that, check it out. It's a great place to find hope and, and encouragement and some tools for your marriage and your family. So Ron and Ann are friends of ours. We have this common passion to strengthen marriages and families. So we're friends for that reason. And more recently, we became uh, friends as we shared another journey, and that's the journey of cancer that came into our family and their family. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. But friends out there uh, listening to the podcast, whether cancer's been your story or not, I hope what you hear in this is every couple needs to find a way to grow close and stay strong in whatever your difficulty mm -hmm. is. And, and if we it's know. not cancer, it's some other kind of difficulty. And we can do that. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And thanks for joining us, Ron. And yeah, we know that some of what you've learned will be helpful to couples, particularly in this coronavirus season, yeah. where we know there's lots of stress and we know it's difficult times for a lot of families, a lot of couples. So good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, well, we, we can hear you only on the audio, but because... Um, We've set it up. We get to see your faces. So we love that. <laughs> so, well, it's great to be with you guys. Yeah. And this is a great podcast you're doing. We've listened to some of the episodes mm -hmm. and keep up the great work. And what a great tool uh, for people, for couples, especially and mm -hmm. families to to listen in wherever they are and to gain some uh, some great insights. Yeah. Great. Thank you. So, Anne, you and I were both diagnosed with breast cancer about a year apart. Uh, thanks be to God. We're now both cancer free. Yeah. But yeah. can you can you tell us a little bit we're not going to focus on the cancer but we want to give us enough context so we can understand what you've learned. So tell us a little bit how did that diagnosis drop into your life? Well, I have been having mammograms regularly since I turned 50. And so this particular year was no different. Um, I had a mammogram. Uh, what was different was my doctor calling me um, I had to then go back and have another mammogram, a subsequent biopsy. And then on this particular day of last summer, my doctor called to tell me that uh, she was shocked to discover that this one detected cancer cells. Um, Neil and Cheryl, I was alone in the house when the phone rang. I answered that call. Ron was two hours away at a, a charity golf tournament. Um, mm -hmm. and so honestly, I didn't know what to do when I hung up the phone. I thought, what do I, I started crying and praying and pacing the house and saying, God, what do I do? I called Ron thinking I'll just feel out the situation. Cause I knew he was so far away. It would be many hours before I would see him if I did not tell him. And I thought, well, I'll just call him and feel out the situation. So as soon as he answered his phone, he said to me, 
he, he was laughing and he said, honey, I think I might've just won the putting competition. Oh, and my my. I thought, oh my word, do I tell him news that's going to change his life or do I give him one last day to enjoy? Wow. And I chose at that moment, I thought, I know what Ron would want. He would want to know. Mm -hmm. And so I told him and he said to me immediately, honey, I'm on my way home. He said, give me 10 minutes. I'm going to call you from the car and then we'll talk. We were just about to head off in the shotgun start of this charity golf tournament to the, the first tee. So we were all with you know my foursome. We were in a, a couple of golf carts when I got the call. And um, and then I I said to the guy, I just made some lame excuses. If something's come up, guys, I've got to go. And I grabbed my bags out of the cart and I headed home. And then as, as soon as I got in the car, I did the, you know, the hands-free speakerphone thing. I called her and, um, and we just started talking and praying and crying and, and just trying to figure things out together. And, uh, and the journey yeah. of, of the well, car, well, we could tell her what happened. Well, oh, you want to talk about this now? Or? No, well, no. So what, what I wanted to say was when Ron got home, cause I didn't tell anybody, Neil and Cheryl, I didn't, I just waited. I prayed. When Ron got home, we, we just sat and talked and prayed. And, and then I thought of you, Cheryl, and I thought, I have someone very dear to me who has gone through this exact thing. And so I called you across the country in the middle of the day. I didn't know if it was, I, I may have texted you first. I think I texted you to say, is this a good time to call? Can I call you? And you said, absolutely, give me a call. And so you, I was in winners when I got your text and I, I ran out to the car in the parking lot to wait for your call. I, I can picture that moment clearly. Yeah. Oh, and it meant so much to be able to talk to you even before we told our families, our children, Ron's mom. Um, I told you because I just had that connection in my spirit because I knew you would know what I had been through. So many times when we go through hard times, it seems like God directs us, straight to someone who has been through it wow. already. And then that that connection is so much deeper and more and sweeter because of shared suffering that the Holy Spirit has already walked through with someone else and then he draws us to you. And so you it just I just want to say thank you. Thank you for spending so much time with me on the phone that day and just really pouring into my heart words mm -hmm. of encouragement, words of wisdom. Um, you had already walked that path. And so you knew what I was feeling and mm -hmm. the empathy there that, you know, spanned the thousands of miles that separated us was just so very special to me. So thank you for that. You are most welcome. It was a privilege. It broke my heart, uh, but it was a privilege. And and what a beautiful story about um, how we can take our experience. And if we uh, allow God to use us and, and bless somebody, even out of a very dark, painful mm -hmm. struggle. And I know you're doing that too, Anne, um, in the wake of your journey too. So, man, that's a great lesson. And I'm glad we all shared that. But I know there's a lot of people listening that can really track with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Part part of what uh, I was going to say with when we were in the van, I was in the van driving home. I was talking to her, you know, left the golf tournament. Uh, and that she um, started saying, honey, you know, it's about halfway home of this long two hour drive. She said, honey, I, I'm just feeling like I need to write down 
something. I just need need to because throughout her life, she's had a habit of just kind of journaling things and mm -hmm. and writing down what she feels God telling her. And yeah. and I said, well, hun, if you're feeling that, let's just hang up right now, and write your first journal entry, and and I'll be home in, yeah. in a bit. Mm -hmm. And so we hung up, and and she started writing, and and that's mm -hmm. one of the ways uh, that God helps her to process things is to just write them down and 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 using her her pen or her keyboard to uh, work mm -hmm. things through. Well, and all of those writings uh, have been compiled into a great book that we want to make sure we tell people about. Uh, it, it just it was just published. It was just published. And so these writings, um, these early morning times with God, basically, I would get up when you're going through a difficult time, no matter what it is, if it's cancer or financial or relational, um, you might find that you can't sleep very well. <laughs> and so I found myself, I would get up really, really early in the morning, or sometimes I would just be up in the middle of the night. But most of the time it was early, early in the morning, I would sneak out of the room and come and sit in the kitchen at the kitchen table with my Bible and a cup of coffee and, and just start reading, praying, and then writing whatever it was I felt God was, was speaking to my own personal heart. And, and that's a great way to find healing in the middle of a difficult situation is to just get along with God. Just pull mm -hmm. yourself aside. Don't, don't stay in the middle of the mess. And, mm -hmm. and it doesn't even have to be physically in the middle of the mess. It could be in your mind. Sometimes right. we get so overwhelmed with how overwhelming and devastating whatever it is we're going through is that, that we never step foot outside of that. And so I found these these places to be really um, sacred for me where I would step outside of my reality of breast cancer, of my reality of chemotherapy, of surgeries, of all of that. And I would just get alone with God. And it was actually, it was literally my coffee with God time. Mm -hmm. I would make coffee, I would read the Bible, I would process what he was sharing. And then I would start typing, as Ron said, journaling, uh, what he was sharing with me, like like processing through the lens of God's grace, what my jumbled thoughts and heart and, and mind was trying to figure out. And so many times, you guys, I found that it just made sense. As hmm. he was speaking to me and through my heart and through my, my, my confusion, what came out on the keyboard as I'm typing to the Lord, it just started to make sense of trust and faith. Mm -hmm. And even mm -hmm. though I can't see it now, I'm going to trust that he has a plan. And, you know, the verse in Corinthians, take every thought captive and all of these different things. And so these different devotional type of things ended up um, accumulating. And so I started sharing them on Facebook and just to bless other people. And and then that was where people started saying, you need to put these into a book. And that's that was kind of the genesis. of. So that. she called it Coffee with Him, which is a good title. Yeah, for that's us. the name of the book. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. The subtitle, subtitle is Mornings with God on an Unexpected Journey. Yeah. yeah. And so we, we all go through these unexpected journeys in life. Yeah, that's right. Totally that's unexpected right. journey. You know, just we have a link uh, to Amazon mm -hmm. on our mm -hmm website familylifecanada.live where people can can get that book but we want to talk a little bit with you guys about the journey as a couple mm -hmm. Our yeah, very, go ahead and well, i was very struck with that you know that you get this news and of course it's such a surreal moment right because like there's life 
and you have a simple phone call and then there's the rest of your life, which is forever different, right? And whether it's a test or, you know, whatever the case may be for you or listeners. Um, but I was very struck with uh, the caliber of your trust and your relationship together. You go, I got to talk to Ron, right? Like when we have a partner in our life to have that confidence, like I know he'll want to know, I know he'll care. Um, that's such a gift. I know and, he'll leave his golf game and yeah, come running. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, um, you, you need to invest in that type of relationship. So if these crisis moment comes, you can count on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah. It's yeah. really what you put into your, like you said, Neil, put into your relationship when there's no clouds in the sky, when the, there's blue skies, exactly. everything's fine. There's no storm. Because once those clouds come and once the storm starts to rage, you're going to find that this is your spouse is the one you go running to besides the Lord. Of course, Mm -hmm. you always go to God first. But Mm -hmm. to have that that kind of trust level with your spouse where you where, you know, he's not perfect. Absolutely not perfect. But but he is a safe place to go to. And so that's important. So what's one thing you learned about each other? through this experience that you might not have learned otherwise? Hmm. Good question. Um, I'd say for me, I I discovered how brave she was really in in the face of this. We had never faced a life-threatening illness before. Um, Of course, she had the initial shock and the expected emotions and fears and so on. and, And those would come in waves from time to time. But she'd always come around to the realization that she's in the palm of God's hand. That, yeah. that as a child of God, she's secure no matter what life throws at her. And she was able to put into practice some of these scriptures that she was reading and, and the promises and stand mm-hmm. on those. And and uh, it was great uh, to see that, that her bravery didn't just come from her own, <laughs> her own self, because, but there's something deeper to draw on than that and some, uh, you know, a solid foundation and of security uh, because of her relationship with God. And so that... That um, that was something I, you know I I always knew she she had a good relationship with God but this was something that I said hey you know what it, this is mm-hmm. really she's really putting into practice uh, what she mm-hmm. leaves and and there was just a sense of that bravery there and that impressed mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, what so we learned about Ron for me and this it's funny because. We've been married 36 years. And so you you know your spouse, you know, after all those years, you truly know your spouse. But for me, this showed me really how selfless he is because, I mean, he's always been a giving person. And to, you know, I mean, on, on a day, everyday life, it would be easy every once in a while to be selfless with your spouse, you know, it's because it happens from time to time. But when you're going through a really devastating health crisis like this, it's not uh, an every once in a while need. You're 24 seven needy. And so he really stepped up to the plate and was there for me constantly. He, he got up in the night with me when I, when I was ill, he, he would be there for me throughout the day. He, he would give of himself more than I thought, you know, would I even give of myself that much? Would he, the things that he did for me were just so um, beautiful and selfless. And really, nobody else would see it but me. No one else would know what he was doing. Well, the blessing that we have is that we work together and, and we work from home mostly. 
Uh, there's an office, but we won't mostly work from home. And so uh, we had that opportunity to be together. <laughs> I, I could be with her, you know, through this whole thing, go to every chemo appointment, go to every doctor's appointment. And uh, and so that was... Well, the flip side of that is he never had a break either. me <laughs> 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 Constantly. But he never showed that it weared on him. Hmm. You know? Yeah. I would say, honey, thank you again for doing this. And honestly, he would look right at me and say, it is my privilege to serve you like this. I mean, I, you know, he made me cry more than once for that. It was just, it's just so beautiful. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it is a privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you had this experience, but, but we revisited our marriage vows more than once, mm-hmm. you know, cause you know, you're young and you're healthy and you're hopeful and you go, Hey, for richer, for poorer and sickness and in health and yada, yada. And you kind of go, wow, you know, I, I meant it then, but I'm mm-hmm. living it now, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So Neil did, did did much of the same for me. I'm I'm so 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 grateful. Um, but on the flip side, we we maybe you're way more spiritual than us, but we also had a few <laughs> challenges along the way. Did your differences, your personality differences, did that show up at all in this journey? Oh, oh yeah, it's sure. it's a, it's a <laughs> Okay, this the the personality differences showed up on day one, like the okay. very- first day because Ron is Mr. Optimistic. He is Mr. Glass is half full. Everything's rosy. It's everything's. And so the very first day he said to me, it's all going to be fine. Don't worry. Why are you worried? It's not nothing. Everything's going to be okay. And guys, I literally had to stop him in the middle of his words, look him in the eye. And I said to him, Ron, what I need from you now is not a cheerleader. I need you to just walk with me through this. Mm. I need you to to own the fact that this is very serious, that it's scary for both of us. And it's okay if I see that you're challenged too in the middle of this. I can't be the only one who's being affected by this. Like I need to see that you're walking this journey. You're empathizing with me. You're right there with me. And that really... When I said that to him, you guys, that really turned the tide with how he reacted. Because up until that point, like even on the phone as he was driving and he was he was trying to be encouraging. He was trying to be optimistic and it's going to be OK. Sure. You know? sure. So and, and I think one of the things we learned from you guys and one of your teachings about communication styles is is these difference in styles that like for, for me, you know, it's the facts versus feelings thing. So I, I was. You know, at the beginning there, and also during the journey, I would tend to to go into the fact side of focusing on the diagnosis, the next steps of treatment. It's gonna, it's gonna be fine. The physical realities, where she was tending to focus on the feelings, and she wanted me to to empathize with her at that level, and uh, and so that was you know a little bit of the, you know the issue there. Having both of those in play at the same time is a good thing. Because if I was just, you know, bringing him down with feelings and we both have to wallow in feelings all the time, I would miss the bigger picture that, you know, the the treatments that I'm undergoing is they're actually good for me, even though it doesn't feel like it at the time. And you only have three more chemos left and you only have two more chemos left or, you know, and so 
and he would help me remember to remember to take my medication at the right time that I had to take it. And so, and be encouraging that way. So I think it was good that he was the facts guy, but the fact that he needed to find the balance, find the balance, <laughs> I think was, was the important thing. You know, you said, uh, I think it was so wise for you to uh, speak to him right away on the first day and say, Ron, this is what I need. Mm -hmm. And yeah. boy, in moments of difficulty, I think if couples could do that and just say, I, I sort of get what you're trying to do here, but I, this is what I need from you right now. Um, great starting point. And then Ron, for you to be able to hear that, right? And, and, then, and then go, you know what? My natural inclination might be this way or, or that way. But this is what my partner, my love is telling me she needs. Yeah. So I'm going to do my best because we're not perfect, but I'm going to do mm -hmm. my best to meet that need. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the part of getting through that honesty. Here's what I need from you right now. And then that um, servant attitude, like I'll try to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We had, we had a similar experience. I, um, I needed Neil to feel the weight of it. And he was trying to be brave and strong and optimistic and hopeful. I think he thought that's what I needed. And I did, to be true. I, I, I remember one really candid moment. Cheryl said, you know, I could die. Right? Like, so, like, I'm not conveying to her the gravity of the situation. And, you know, candidly, I didn't want to think about that. I mean, you don't want to think about these things. So I'm, and I'm a bit of an avoider. And I definitely thought if I say that to her, it's really going to discourage her. Anyway, you guys have been down this mm -hmm. road. Yeah. I guess exactly. what you need to understand is if you're feeling these moments, it's pretty common that we would miss each other. Yes. And and so try to be honest and, and not judge the other person, but just say, honey, this is what I need. And don't you understand this is the way I feel. Yeah. Yeah. That was I a big takeaway for us. I know you guys talk a lot about empathy and how important empathy oh, is yeah. in a relationship. And I think like what you're just saying to your point is what I needed. And it, it, it can translate to any difficult circumstance that a couple That's is walking right. through, not necessarily health related. But what I needed was to realize or for, for to, to know that he got it, that he realized, like you said, Cheryl, the weight of the situation and to know that he got it. He wasn't trying to minimize um, because yeah. again, that's more of his personality style is everything's going to be fine. It's not that bad. Mm -hmm. And, but to, to know, for him to know that, uh, or for me to know that he gets it, that it is a bigger deal than just playing it down. Yep. Yeah. No, there was some good takeaways from us. And you know, what we learned was our differences, which are always at play day to day to day to day. For everyone. Uh, in crises or in, in challenging days, they, they really come to the surface and are, are amplified. And so if we're aware of those differences kind of day to day, so we'd encourage couples really articulate to each other the way you see the world, and your personality differences. And uh, because we were pretty quickly able to identify, OK, this is what's going on You're You're responding this way because I'm responding this way because. So how do we how do we work together on this? Mm hmm. Can we take another angle? Yeah. Um, you guys are parents. Uh, curious to know how open were you with your children? Mm -hmm. And once again, for people listening, whether cancer is your story or not, uh, this is always a challenge for us with parents. Do you mm -hmm. shield your children from some of these things that we're going through as a couple? How transparent are you? Mm -hmm. How did that play out? What did you learn? That's a good question. Our children are, although they're always be our babies, they're adults now. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah. So we did share basically everything the doctor said at the get go. Um, as I was undergoing the different treatments that lasted several months, um, there were, you know, difficulties that I would endure and, and, you know, infections and things that, that were just the day to day nitty gritty stuff that I didn't really think they needed to know because I didn't want to work for them to worry. And so we told them the, the overall arching picture, but I didn't really share with them uh, the details, the day-to-day living details, just because I didn't want them to worry because they, they're all adults and they all have their own families and lives and things to focus on. Um, so that was just what we did. Yeah. And, and because they're adults, we were able to, to be you know, pretty open with them yeah. and, and thank the Lord we have good relationships with them and they would be, you know, they'd pray for us and mm-hmm. pray for for mom and yeah, uh, yeah. and so it was it was a, a good thing. We're glad we had their support along the yeah. way as well. Yeah. One little little side note: there, our daughter is our oldest. She has her PhD in biomedical research and is actually working at the University of Indiana on cancer research. Oh wow! And, okay. <laughs> and, yeah. So I was able to share with her the different things the doctors would tell me, and on my very first day of chemotherapy. Early in the morning, Ron and I are driving into the hospital. She texted me. And you guys, it was just the most beautiful text where she said, Mom, don't worry about what you're doing. Like she said, these chemo uh, drugs that you're going to be having, while they're strong, yes, she said they have undergone years of testing by researchers just like me. And I trust them in your body. And so don't worry, Mom, I'm praying for you. And so it was just a beautiful thing for me to, to receive. Very reassuring. Oh, yeah. okay. uh, little side note on our side, our two, we have two sons. They re- they responded both with a lot of love and a lot of compassion, but very differently. Mm-hmm. One son wanted to know every single detail about every single appointment, every test. It, he was like an information junkie. And I think that's how kind of how he man- managed yeah, the process. He's trying to manage it that way. The other son wanted nothing to do with the details. He would just say, mom, are you okay? And if I said, yeah, I'm doing great. Good. So how about those bears? I <laughs> just really did not want to talk details. Um, and that's kind of how he dealt with it. And so I think the family dynamic is interesting too. We need to acknowledge the differences of our children. So And not judge your kids. Judge like them. one loves me more because they are right. this exactly. way. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So I, I guess that's translatable to families who are going yeah. through difficult seasons, mm-hmm. not just cancer, but um, your children will respond differently mm-hmm. and, and we need to be able to identify their personality differences and how the, God's wired right. them in order to come together as a family in these crises. And I like what Neil said, don't be offended if one of them reacts differently than the other, because it doesn't mean they love you any less. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. the way they are personalizing it and processing it themselves. Yeah, yeah. precisely. Yeah. So important for everybody to remember when we're going through times whether it's COVID, whether it's health, whether it's finance. There's so many difficulties that come across our paths and it's so great to not be alone. Man, that's one of the themes in this, right? Mm-hmm. Is, is, is to who you reach out to uh, when times are tough. And, and I think, as you pointed out, Anne, we build the caliber of friendship in quiet times or healthier times or simpler times that we're gonna be blessed by in more difficult times. Mm-hmm. 
So couples out there, if you're going through some difficult times right now, lean into what you've already mm -hmm. built in. Those those roots that have gone down deep um, will allow you to stay strong. And if, if this is a good season, and you know what? This COVID season is a good season for a lot of families. They're building strength into their relationship mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. all this time to talk. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm curious to ask you, Ron and Ann, has there, was there anything in your cancer journey that has helped you walk through this pandemic? Hmm. Hmm. Well, on, on one level, with the physical level, um, we were already pretty careful with Anne because we knew her immune system was compromised with going mm -hmm. through the chemo. And so even before the COVID hit, we were being extra cautious with watching out for germs, watching out for any infection that she might get. And and so oh, we were, right. uh, we kind of had our, our senses heightened well, on that. Yeah, I went through chemotherapy from September through to right before Christmas. And so there were there were a few months there where when I went to the grocery store, I didn't go very often, but when I did, I wore a mask because I had to. Um, I had mm -hmm. and I had hand sanitizer with me constantly sure, because sure. I, couldn't, I couldn't get germs. I couldn't yeah. get sick. And so now as people are are undergoing this um, mask and, and washing your hands constantly, it is kind of uh, reminiscent of what I've been through. So, yeah. There you go. for it already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have one more question about the cancer journey. Um, and this is maybe my, this is me speaking out of my experience. But so we're two years past this journey. And I constantly have to remind myself that I am not a cancer patient. It you know changes the way you think about yourself. And, and here's where it shows up a couple times in our relationship. If Neil and I have a disagreement, and we do, we have quite a few disagreements. We work together. We, we're together nonstop. And in this pandemic, it's been like nonstop. Um, <laughs> we have our differences. And you know what? It, there's a little voice in my brain that tells me I can use my Trump card, my cancer card, and just, <laughs> yeah, but, but I have, I went through cancer. And, and you did it. And it sort of trumps everything. And I've just had to, I, again, I'm much more immature than you. So I'm sure you don't have this experience. <laughs> it's very easy to, to just kind of use that as a blanket excuse for everything because I've been through this traumatic experience. Mm -hmm. And I guess it translates to other people in that um, we have to recognize that, you know, we have to take the healing and the wholeness that God gives us and that we get to live into and not use the brokenness from our past or the traumatic things we've gone through to shape our, our current relationship. So while that was hugely traumatic, it's not our current situation. And so I shouldn't keep bringing it into our, our current relationship. You really don't. I, like, I, like maybe wrestle more inside. I, do. I, I don't think you do that. It's right like much. an automatic trump card. Whenever oh, I play yeah. that one and I, I just have to not use it. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. Well, it I, is. It is all about, I mean, the Bible talks about taking every thought captive. It's, it's changing, renewing your mind, changing the way you think about things. Because it's so easy, like you said, to, to slip back into that. I'm, I'm a year later than you are. So right. I haven't even reached the one-year mark of, of my diagnosis. Um, and I'm still dealing with the fallout from the chemotherapy right. and, and some sure of the are. side effects. But at the same time, in my mind, it's easy for me to start feeling like, oh, but this is just never going to end. Am I ever going to be able to get past this, to get mm -hmm. beyond this, to be normal again? Or is this just constantly going to be, I fall asleep thinking about it. I wake up thinking about it. 
is there ever going to be a time when I'm healed enough on the inside that it's not, it doesn't come to my mind. And, you know, when you're in the middle of it, Cheryl, you'll remember that it's, it's can be terrifying. Like you just and you really do have to literally take every thought captive when you're in the middle of it. But as you're getting to the other side of it, sometimes those thoughts still try to, to creep in. And like you said, they, they, you want to use that kind of as a trump card and say, okay, but, but this is really, I've been through a hard thing and I'm still going through it. And so here, but there, that's, that's a temptation we have to resist, isn't it? Because that's no way for us to live either, for us to live under the cloud of that diagnosis, because that does, mm-hmm. that diagnosis was a temporary environment we were living in. It's not our future and our forever. And so it is, it, no matter what we're going through, whatever difficulty we're going through, we just have to kind of let go of that and let ourselves move on. Yeah. That's great. I, I just want to say to you, there will come a morning when you wake up and cancer isn't your first thought. Mm-hmm. You told me about that, Dave. I did. I, I, I didn't even think about it until, I don't know, 10 o'clock. And then it, and then it was just like a celebration. It's, oh. it's like that was not my first thought. Hmm. Um, but it, t- it takes a while. But yeah. you'll get there. Yeah. You'll get there. I'm looking forward to it because it's, yeah. it's, not, it's not a scary thing. But it's always I wake up and I say, okay, God, thank you for healing me. My life is in your hands. You know, it's it's just a constant awareness of it. Yeah, exactly. I have one more question that I I, I really want to ask you. And I want it to be really helpful to everybody who's listening to the podcast. So I think there's been so much stuff shared here uh, about how we might support one another and how we might prepare for difficult times and how we might walk through difficult times. I want to turn the coin over a little bit and how we might help people around us who are going through difficult times, mm. whether it's COVID or any, any difficulty. So you see a friend, you see a, a neighbor going through a difficult time. Uh, so my question to you is uh, what was really helpful? What did people do or say that was a real blessing to you? Cause I don't want to dwell on the negative because people say stupid stuff to you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I remember one conversation, you know, Cheryl was sharing her cancer journey and stuff goes, oh, you know, my aunt had cancer, had breast cancer. And Cheryl said, how's she doing? Oh, she died. It's like, okay, you know what? Like that wasn't the response that you needed to bring right at this moment, you know? So people say stupid stuff. Let's not go there. I'm curious because uh, I think it might be helpful for all of us. Mm -hmm. If somebody's got a need, what blessed you when people did this or said that? Hmm. That's a really good question. I was always, and I continue to be encouraged when, and it's funny, the example you just used, when people tell me that they are 20 year cancer survivors or their mother or their sister had breast cancer years ago and they're doing great now. That is so encouraging. It it just fills you with Mm -hmm with hope and faith and life. And yes, I, a light at the end of the tunnel and, and we're going to get through this and I can get through this. And, and so those kinds of things are just so encouraging for me. What mm-hmm. about you? Well, you were the one, of course, going through it all, but for, for the husband, the spouse of, of the person going through the physical challenge, um, I, I just think people saying, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm praying for you. Mm. That you know, I that mm. they would encourage me. You know, we're gonna think they're are gonna be okay. I'm here for you. Anything I can do to help you guys? Some people brought over meals for us mm-hmm. on several occasions, 
and and just come going out of their way to show their their support and their love it meant a lot mm-hmm. and so from my perspective those were were some key things and and even friends that would text send a text message and say please don't respond to this text message i just want you to know that i love you and i'm praying for you and i'm here for you if you need anything like that meant a lot yeah yes that was helpful to us too just no expectation nope they didn't need more information they just wanted us to know that they were with us yeah. yeah. And actually Neil had a friend who called him specifically and said, I know Cheryl's going through this, but how are you? Like, yeah. I want to know how you are. He said, I hope Cheryl's getting lots of support. I imagine she is, but I know that you might not be. And so, yeah, he reached out to me and uh, I really, really, we had a great conversation. It was yeah. great. Yeah. So whichever side of the coin you're on and listen, uh, we all have good days and, and, and where things seem to be smooth. And then we all face difficulty of some kind or another. So Ron and Ann, thanks for sharing out of your journey. And and, and Matt, there's so much wisdom here and encouragement for for the people that are listening to this podcast. Man, if we could um, come through these times with a stronger faith Mm -hmm. and more close to our loved ones, especially spouses if we're married, Mm. man, that, that, that would be an answer to prayer. Absolutely, and, and just the focus on developing your walk with the Lord, because you know, mm-hmm. Anne is often referred to me as her rock, and I tried to be strong for her, but I didn't always hit the mark. And but what took a lot of pressure off of me was knowing that her real security and stability was in the big R rock, <laughs> the, yeah. the solid rock yeah. that I, yeah. I didn't have to be uh, her one and only, you know, source of, of support and help. I do what I can, but I, I knew that she was really, uh, relying on and building and strengthening her relationship mm-hmm. with the solid rock, the almighty Lord of the universe. And so take some mm-hmm. pressure off of me, which was nice, Isn't that right? Yeah. but I'd yep. encourage people to take this opportunity yeah. to, to grow in God and to just strengthen their, their foundation of their faith and, and get into God's word and read it and let that be the greatest encourager mm-hmm. to you, even more than the, the words of encouragement you hear from other people. Absolutely. So many times in the Psalms, uh, God is referred to as a strong tower, uh, a hiding place. Yeah. And so as mm-hmm. the person going through the hard time, if you really find God to be that anchor for you, then you're not putting too much pressure on your spouse to be what he can never mm-hmm. be because he's only human. So yeah, I just want to echo what Ron said, really push into God during a hard time. Yeah. Ever present strength in times of trouble. Mm -hmm. That was our experience as well. So thank you so much. Uh, We just, we love you guys. We'll keep praying through you. Yeah, we will. Through this journey with you. Um, you. And again, just want to remind you all that um, Anne's book, Coffee with Him, Mornings with God on an Unexpected Journey, is available on Amazon. We have a link to the book on our familylifecanada.live website. And you can see it on a betterus.tv website. Exactly. We also have a link to that on our site as well. And you can also find episodes, other episodes of our Family Life Canada podcast there at familylifecanada.live. And a chance to be part of our webinar series for couples called Great Marriages Don't Just Happen. And we, when we hear stories like yours, Ron and Ann, we recognize great marriages yeah, don't no, just right? happen. We, they're strengthened and they're mm-hmm. built through times of mm-hmm. trouble. Mm-hmm. You'll also get more information on that website for, about our sponsor, Compassion Canada, uh, about how they're caring for children and families around the world during this pandemic and how you can get involved in what they're doing as well. Right. So thank you so much, Ron and Ann. Thank you. 
again, everyone listening for joining us, you are all in our prayers. Thank, Thank you for having us. Thank you guys. A pleasure.